So David Castillo, how are you doing, man? I'm good, dude. Just fucking chill it, <laughs> you know? Now, not, not, uh, kind of a lot and a little going on at the same time. It's, it's, it's a weird time, you know? Uh, yeah, that, that's an understatement. I think, uh, that things are weird right now, <laughs> but hopefully, uh, hopefully getting better. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the one good thing is that there's fuck all to do. So it's easy to kind of organize these types of, uh, things like podcast episodes, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely have um, room in your day, let's say, <laughs> to, to, to do more stuff. And, uh, you know, I think maybe just finding a new way to kind of, you know, go about doing creative work and stuff like that, reorganizing yourself. You know, I think um, a lot of people obviously just interrupted the whole world, right? So yeah. it it, when you're forced to stop, um, our society is not very good, especially Western society, um, in terms of reflecting and having moments of reflection. You know, it's it's a do 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 capitalism kind of thing, right? So there's uh, definitely positives in stepping back and looking at the big picture. Um, maybe not in this insane way, but. I think that that definitely is an exponent of it. Has, um, have you talked to a lot of people about what's going on? Like, you know, the, the sort of ordeal of the last year with respect to St. Vitus specifically, has that been something you talked about in like press and things like that? Yeah, we've talked about, you know, stuff like ranging from shit, man, Rolling Stone to like, star i mean everyone's kind of got a question for us in a, in a weird way like you know people are talking to like us as like the venue or the people behind it like more than ever in this really odd way because everything sucks it's not like the greatest thing in the world but there's also been like a lot of positivity because of you know how successful our kickstarter campaign was and and how that like has greatly allowed us to survive and and um you know the, like the merch and doing all the things that we've been doing there. So it's been really cool, you know, to connect with people. I always like connecting with like-minded and, and cool people. Sometimes it's a little bit like same question over and over again, but yeah, it, it's gracious that people even care, you know? So I'll gladly, you know, thank the people who care to talk to us. Yeah, you guys have been doing a really good job with, uh, you know, keeping active during this uh, period. And, you know, one of the things that you personally have been doing is is your uh, Age of Quarantine uh, interview series uh, that's on, uh, you know, you do it li live, basically, on Instagram. And, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun checking those out. Yeah, man, I, I love them. Um, it's really cool, you know, all that kind of came through my best friend chris enriquez who you know is was in you know primitive weapons with me and plays in spotlights and also works for revolver and 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 the hard times in brooklyn vegan um he he uh you know he just had the idea like I, like really early on like i'm talking like april of the pandemic you know uh i remember it was right after my birthday and he was like interviewing me like personally right and was like hey um would you want to like talk or do something 
like this, like a like an interview style thing. I'm just going to start talking to my friends, right? And it started to gain a little bit of traction while we were talking, and I just loved the sort of vibe of it, and it was fun. And so I just told Chris, I was like, Chris, why don't we do this through St. Vitus? And, you know, we can kind of share it with, like, you know, uh, like hosting duties, and we can kind of widen the scope a little bit and then give you a bigger platform, you know, a bigger audience. And uh, it kind of just took off from there. And then we got Artie involved and then Caroline. Uh, Caroline's been doing mostly uh, artists, um, like visual artists. So kind of interviewing that sort of side of the scene. And then, uh, you know, we've just been splitting up kind of interview duties. And it's been a really nice way to feel like I'm having conversations that I would at the bar, you know? Sometimes I talk to, it's amazing uh, to think about how many people I've talked to in my life like twice a year or three times a year. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of these things where, uh, you know, when people are touring through, you know, you might get a chance. But now with this, it's like a deeper dive, you know? And and I learned so much more, even about people who I kind of consider you know, friends or that I've known for a while. So it's been really cool. And going back to your point about activity, it's, um, it, you know, it, it keeps like the fires going too, you know? I think a lot of people are interested to know what their favorite uh, artists have been up to or, you know, people that they, uh, you know, kind of respect and music that they follow and stuff like that. So it's been cool and it's cool to just sort of provide something like that and to continue growing it. So, you know, we're, we're just trying to, yeah, keep, keep the momentum and, and keep music and ideas and uh, of, of like uh, around music and, and culture of it, like alive through whatever way we sort of can. I'm aware of the Instagram live version of uh age of quarantine is there a uh, an archive of some of the old um you know interviews you did anywhere so there's only instagram live at the moment but that is going to be changing we're discussing a couple of different things and also you know potentially doing or definitely doing like more of the podcast format so then people we can archive them and people can have them and you know kind of start moving a little bit in that direction and then there's been some chat about you know the name of it is called the age of quarantine which was kind of a great name at for a moment but maybe if we want to continue it we don't want to use that you know kind of traumatic honestly so um you know just some different talks and like how we would want to approach it um there was also some talks about you know uh kind of creating uh like maybe even like a coffee table book or a zine going through all of the uh, kind of interviews and taking out salient points and like even using like kind of the grainy photography that we have and all the flyers and everything else we did and, and make it into something that people can hold, you know? So there's definitely been some, some talks and thoughts about it and uh, you know, we'll get it done. It's just, there's been a bunch of other things on the plate and now we're kind of, getting to that but um it's definitely an aspiration yeah that's cool because uh yeah i just wanted to um if there if there was any kind of uh podcast or archive or anything i wanted to point people in the direction of that um 
Can you uh, just off the top of your head run down some of the guys you had on there or people rather that you've had on there uh, as guests? Yeah, sure. Um, personally, uh, people that I've interviewed, like this oh, just, week I, inter- yeah. I interviewed Sebastian Thompson from Baroness and uh, Trans Am, like genius drummer, synthesis, right? <laughs> like so good. Um, Steve Von Till from Neurosis, Aaron Turner from Isis and Sumac. Um Chris has done Dennis from Refuse, for example. I did Sarah from Youth Code. Chris has done Vinny Stigma. Uh, I did John Joseph. Artie did Jason from Hot Water Music. Artie did Biffy Clyro. Um, and Caroline has done Tamara Santibanez. And uh, Adam, who's a Nightjar illustration, who's done like a million awesome, you know, heavy metal record covers, like stuff like Gate Creeper, etc. So uh, that's just like a small smattering. You know, we have a couple of hundred <laughs> interviews, you know, and uh, I definitely feel like with, um, you know, who we sort of get on there, we're, we're pulling in our, our interests, you know, a lot. And those things sometimes cross over and they don't. I feel like I definitely lean a little bit more towards uh, industrial, electronic, post-punk goth stuff alongside metal and things of that nature that I like as well, you know, which is just a reflection of a lot of my booking style and and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, Chris has got a lot of hardcore and stuff like that and and sort of like post-rock stuff. So Artie, you know, kind of has a lot of like amazing connections to kind of like old post-hardcore and um, just like kind of like really great, like rock, you know, from, from all over the place, Frank Turner, you know, he's done a lot of like really amazing shit. So it's just been really cool. It's just like, we all kind of get to sort of do what we want in it. And then as a full, you know, when you get the full picture, it kind of reminds you of St. Vitus, right? You know, all those different tastes, uh, they all play kind of in the world of St. Vitus and, you know, St. Vitus isn't just one thing. It's not like the death metal bar or the, you know uh the 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 punk bar or something you know it's a amalgamation of styles and and different people expressing themselves within this sort of like broader context that we've tried to provide you know so it's uh it's really cool and i'm really proud of like all the work that everybody's been doing with age of quarantine and chris for agreeing to allow us to you know do something with it and uh it's really you know his his brainchild and we just kind of took it from there and and kind of grew it to a, a cool degree so um much love to chris my my bff coming through <laughs> yeah what's also uh pretty cool is like you know when things go back to being live and in person at some point hopefully relatively soon you might be able to do some of this stuff in person with people you know coming touring, yeah. touring bands and all that kind of stuff yeah, I mean, that that I think could definitely be a part of it. You know, there's always a little bit of time to kill, right? And like, for example, um, uh, you know, you'd have like Crash Bang Boom podcast, you know, they like, he, he'd always be down there, like, you know, filming podcasts with like, you know, different drummers in the scene and, and stuff like that. And like, uh, at St. Vitus and it, it like when we do get back it, it it will definitely be a thing and it'd be actually cool to maybe even do it like with a couple of hosts at once too that could be really fun you know um just to even just have it all together so 
you know, we're definitely thinking about that and that would be cool. And even with like a little bit of an audience, who knows if it's anyone worth having that for, that's also amazing, you know? So we're definitely, um, like I kind of stopped thinking about that too much because it's sort of unavailable and I've had to sort of do that to my brain a little bit. I've always thought about events and now I'm like, I never think about them, like almost on purpose. Like I shut that off. Yeah. And no, so I, I don't I, like I, to go down the rabbit hole too much, you know? I but, totally uh, get that, man. Definitely. Yeah. Just like it, I, I don't have the option. Right. So I don't and I really uh, don't enjoy hyperbolic conversation around it you know i just i'm like sticking to as much of the facts and not jumping to conclusions as much as possible and we've seen everything change so you know quickly that i'm like okay what can i actually do right so, and and i'm going to stay in that mindset until something really shakes things up that will you know new information okay cool then we can go yeah, no, that's a healthy way of uh, of looking at it for sure. I mean, uh, you know, even on my end with playing music, it's like, you know, we have brand practice, but uh, there, the sort of vigor isn't there because there's no, uh, you know, mission. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And, uh, I mean, we got a couple of these like live recording things, you know, video. Like we're filming one this weekend, actually, and uh, it's just not that's not the same. So I try not to pretend like it's the same. You know, I just look at it as its own thing that we're doing and try to create some kind of energy around it in and of itself and not liken it to uh, a live performance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that you're totally right. I mean, like you just can't fake the fucking funk. There's a reason why people love live music, right? And yeah. The reason is because you can't do this shit through a computer. <laughs> like you can't feel that the the feelings that you feel, the intimacy, the you know tribal nature of it, communing with your fellow man. It's you you know it's this you know screen culture thing doesn't provide that right, and so that's what makes it really fun and special and unique. And like you know you, you're you're uh, and also not nearly as linear right everything is sort of uh linear through like a computer or through binary i feel like so yeah in my in my opinion it's like yeah just don't you know a live stream is a live stream you're making tv now so make a tv take time do the song over again if it blew like like get fucking dancers in there if you want you know what i mean cut away do three different locations like make it special to me you know what i mean and and use the medium to your advantage i think that that would be i guess my my take on it and what i've also been trying to do as an artist but also as someone who's you know obviously involved in, in presenting art as well right um and and you know obviously that costs money sometimes for sure but there's been a lot of really great diy examples of of that but it's hard you know it's hard to as you said kind of find the vigor you know, and find the motivation. And especially when everything seems to be sort of flattened out into content and your experience is sort of flattened out into isolation. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, for me going to practice, I was always, you know, really excited. I, I always get up for practice and, you know, and because and, I'm like, yeah, we got this stuff coming up. So I'm going to 
put all my energy into preparation so I can go out there and just fucking smash people when we play and all that. And without that goal, it's been very, very tough. But, you know, we've been staying busy. We we did a live um, recording film thing that was uh, like a pay-per-view on Bandcamp. And then now we're doing this other thing over the weekend. I'm, I don't – I'm not exactly sure how that's coming going to be presented to people, but – but yeah, just trying to make it like a film or do something different so people can watch it five years from now and not be bummed out, you know what I mean? And not be reminded about, oh yeah, that was the year where everyone sat home and gained 20 pounds and watched Netflix <laughs> all day and didn't go to shows, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think you always want to make something that stands the test of time and that maybe people would say, wow, during all that, they were able to make this. Maybe that would, that would be great, you know, if that's the, 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 the takeaway, right, is that artists find a way, right? I feel like art, artists always find a way in, in for so many things because people are creative, right? And that creativity can be used towards all sorts of different kinds of problem solving toward, and, and not limited to writing a song, but to like changing society. I feel that very strongly. And, uh, you know, like uh, Joseph Boyce and like these artists, you know, back in the day, Fluxus artists and like German artists who are, you know, trying to kind of bring that thinking uh, into society. And you've seen it a lot, right? Like design is now a real, it's like a real job. Like 50 years ago, design wasn't necessarily like a job designing things now design culture is like part of it and what's design design's like very much creative problem solving right um and i think that people who have artistic minds will always find a way to use their situations in a way that can be absolutely brilliant and you don't need a lot to make a brilliant piece of art right so um i'm excited i'm still excited you know i feel like there's already been mad good records that have come out this year and beautiful pieces of art uh, that have probably been made that will be unearthed, you know? And um, I look forward to it. So you have like some different music happening, sort of cooking under the, uh, you know, under the different different mantles. Like I, you know, I've, you've been in several different bands and now there's this thing, Confines, which I become aware of, but I don't really know the, uh, the ins and outs and the background. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, Confines is just me. Um, so that's different to start with, right? Like you yeah. got other people to play with. I got nobody but myself. So um, I like say like about three years ago, I kind of always wanted to make uh, dance floor music to me, right? So I always had this thought. Um, I've been, a, I've sort of I've DJ for years and I used to DJ uh, my, one of my first jobs at nightclub was at nightclubs. Like, you know, I've, I've done every job at a bar pretty much, you know, from, you know, bar backing, cleaning, you know, everything. And I've DJed on the Lower East side for years at like clubs, like playing everything from like hip hop to house um, and, and all over Brooklyn and stuff. And I, um, I used to do it a lot like every thursday friday saturday it used to be almost basically my job right um and 
I really enjoy that and I love to dance and I'm Colombian, I'm Latin, I love to dance. I love a lot of the uh, kind of percussion of, of in, that's found in sort of like these different Latin sort of derived dance styles, everything from like freestyle to, uh, you know, boogaloo to, um, you know, e- even stuff that to me is like, like you listen to a Gang of Four song, there's something in there that feels a little bit Latin to me. Um, and so as I, you know, growing up, I, you know, hardcore punk and then post-punk was like a really big thing for me. And when I started going out in New York, um, I just, you know, I, I kind of started gravitating towards like, oh, this is like music that punk people dance to, industrial, post-punk, you know, goth stuff, everything ranging from like, you know, Front 242 and Nitzarev to, you know, Bauhaus to Gang of Four um, or, or more contemporary stuff like The Rapture. Um, and I loved all of that shit, right? And so I had never made that kind of music in my life, right? Something that was oriented for that kind of moment. But I played a whole fucking metric ton of it and I've experienced a lot of it. And uh, I think probably besides metal punk and hardcore it's other music culture that i've truly participated in um so i was like you know what i want to do something that really expresses this side of myself and uh at the time you know the band's primitive white widows was over primitive weapons was you know we're on like kind of an indefinite hiatus and it just wasn't you know bands weren't really doing it and to be frank about it as well i think i just also had something different in my heart and i needed to make the things that were in my heart so i set off on actually trying to do that and i had never touched a synth before really you know um a little bit because my friend soren had let me play with him and started teaching me things so i had never even written a song before man (laughs) like I've only sang songs, right? Like that Artie wrote or that, you know, I was like the final piece of the puzzle. So I pretty much started from zero, you know, and uh, I've, and I've just been very lucky to have like a lot of support um, from a a lot of different folks. And I've already played with some of my heroes, you know, support from people like Andy from Synthesize. It's a great party and it's also a label. And, you know, she put out my first, she, heard me dj think about this she heard me dj then i dj'd her party and it was awesome and then i sent her a video off my iphone like i was such a technical luddite right (laughs) of me playing my two samplers into a dj mixer like live and i sent her a video of me just playing right an iphone video and i was like i'm doing this thing and she like liked it and like let me play her party and was like dude this is fucking sick i I, like i still kind of can't believe uh how kind that was um so thank you andy um and also you know just other friends of mine uh who are you know like my my buddy travis bacon who helped me record stuff earlier my my friend aj who lent me the studio monitors to even get me started you know like i felt like people saw what i was doing and they were just willing to help me out in a way where like I needed the training wheels. I had like no idea. 
Um, and then I was lucky enough to put out a three song EP on Synthesize and uh, it got some good attention and it was really cool. And I did a couple remixes. I did a remix for um, Full of Hell, which also seemed like people were, you know, downloading, got into like off my band camp. And I was only on band camp, you know, I, I never really tried to reach sort of beyond that. And then um, I just taught myself a lot and I had a lot of plans like, a lot of other people for 2020 where I was like, I really want to establish this project more, play out more, release more music and do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I had two shows with Contravoy that I was able to play, which was really cool and very cool to, to do. And they were amazing. And one of them was with uh, Shari, who is Void Vision in Philadelphia, which was such a great show. My first show out of state, you know, um, and this is like year two into me doing stuff and I'm just still like learning on the job, man, you know, like I'm, I'm figuring myself out and, uh, and it was just so great. And then everything stopped and it really set me back because I had a practice space that then fell through and, uh, my living situation with like, I moved to New Jersey to a home here, um, that I already had, but like, well, Oddly, I moved full time into it right before the pandemic hit. And it was just a big reorganization. And then when I finally kind of got things together again, I had some stuff that I was sitting on, but like it just wasn't right. I needed to just start writing again because my circumstance had changed, you know, so much has, had changed. And I needed to do it all by myself now because I'm like not going to studios. I'm not doing any of this shit, right? So then I had to get away from my Luddite tendencies and just learn everything. So it, it's been a process, man. But I probably have never learned more in my life musically than I have now. And it's been the greatest benefit. And for someone who's only had, like, you know, now I released in January a two-song single on my own label that's called Factor. Um with that I, I do with AJ from Sonnet and my friend Khadija. Uh AJ's also my friend. But my friend Khadija who goes by uh by her first name, just Khadija, who's an amazing DJ. Um I put out five songs and like, you know, a remix and the support I've gotten has been incredible. You know? So I'm really excited and uh I have a new EP that I worked on and I literally made everything i recorded my own I, I put vocals on it i recorded my own vocals i think better and improved everything and uh i that i spent a lot of time learning in the, in the pandemic and, and really trying to come into my own that's great man uh so you make all the beats yourself and everything too and all that kind of yeah man wow, i man. literally do everything so if uh, I basically started, I, I like learned basically. So I, I mentioned Soren. Soren was in Rosenkopf, amazing band um, that was on Weird. And then he has released a, a couple of really awesome records. One one of my favorites is on uh, is called Retrograde Amnesia. That's on Bank. Uh, Bank is an amazing record label from New York City. Anyone listening, really worth checking out. And and Soren's a brilliant artist and. Also a really lovely friend and a compassionate person and cool person. And so I think he saw whatever, something in me, and we were just liked some same stuff. 
and he really taught me on his gear like uh at the time how to do a lot of stuff right and we would jam together and just do these long electronic jams on like you know on hardware um and that's how i just started and for some reason i just especially with like drum machines i had like an intuition i've never played drums in my life right like i i, I know what makes a good drummer for sure you know what i mean like i could feel it but i've never really played you know but i could i i just took to programming these beats and something in me i think wanted to come out in that regard and then it, it like we actually played like a couple of shows together under the name persona and it was really cool but the project was sh sort of short-lived because also Sora was exploring a lot of other things and he was doing his own thing and that's totally cool but the exponent of that is that he taught me so much stuff or at least got me kind of going and thinking that I was able to kind of continue forward and then from there it's you know one machine turned into two turned into three four five six seven you know and uh I started learning so much more and then uh, I have to give also another like major shout out to uh, Ryan George from Youth Code, who is a friend and, you know, to me, one of the best bands on earth right now um, and just willing to talk to me, you know, like when you don't have bandmates to work with you on stuff, you know, like no one's bringing me the riff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that shit's over. So I had to really like learn a lot about what certain things did and to kind of understand what i wanted to what certain pieces can achieve for me you know and he definitely helped me so much and uh you know all love to him for that and uh you know and, and aj and travis and uh khadijah like all these people have, have helped me even though i'm not in a band you know with them or anything which is a really different context because i'm alone and i've never really written music on my own so um, it was really amazing and, and cool. And it was, you know, you're obviously you make black metal, right? There's, and, you know, I always felt one of the more interesting facets of, you know, the one man black metal project was this sort of self-determinism of like, I'm going to fucking do everything. I don't care if I'm a shitty drummer, I'm doing everything and I'm doing myself. And there's, there's this sort of pride of that, uh, even down to the name confines is it's it's all me baby <laughs> you know warts and all whatever you know what i mean if i blow i don't give a shit like i just needed something i think in my life at that time that i could fully take ownership and control of so i did it you know and now it's like there's sort of no turning back and this is really more of my my musical journey now hinges on this more than being in a band uh for the foreseeable future for sure well, well, that's kind of cool in a, in a lot of ways because, you know, last year, uh, you know, everyone went through this extended period of introspection. Some people baked bread, you know, some people uh, tried to write the great American novel. And um, it looks like uh, you had a crash course of uh, audio engineering and songwriting. So that's pretty sick, you know. Yeah, totally. It was really weird. It's like I'm maybe as like I maybe understand things now, like a you know like a 14 year old SoundCloud rapper. Like maybe I'm I'm getting to that level on, on that end of things, you know. And that's pretty 
it's pretty hysterical, but I also love not knowing exactly what I'm doing because I think it makes me different, right? Like, I think that, like, I went out and I recorded all these sounds in my dad's garage. I do things in a, in a way that's maybe antiquated. You know, I record all of my synths, no MIDI, straight in, you know, and I just do what I think sounds great, you know? Um, and I've had help, right? Like, um, my records are all mixed and mastered by Chris Lapke, who also goes by Alberic, who's like genius noise. Quantized Angel, his last record, is just fucking nuts. So good. Uh, does tons of stuff for hospital records, tons of stuff for Synthesize now, and like a bunch of labels, right? He's just really amazing. Um, and so obviously... I ask questions, you know, when I'm like, hey, you put this distortion on this particular thing I asked for, but like, what are you using? Or like, like on my voice, you know, I never produced vocals before, right? I'm like trying to find the thing. And, uh, and he helped me, right? Same thing with Travis, you know, Travis Bacon from Contra Cult, formerly of White Widows Pact. He was like, hey, man, I really like this particular vocal chain. Like, check it out. I think, you know, this is cool. Like, these people don't have to do this, you know? Um, and I'm very thankful for it. And then I find my way within that, you know? Um, so I guess it's like every time I turn in a piece of music, I'm also trying to like learn more and more, you know? And uh, that's really been fun and keeps my mind going, you know? Keeps me sharp. And I've had a lot to write about, honestly. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, that's that's like how I spent a good amount of my time and uh i'm excited to release a new ep on synthesize and that'll happen in may and uh making some videos as well uh which is really cool never done that before for this project uh with some really amazing people and uh yeah it's like we're we're off to the races i will tell you i do miss singing in a heavy band though well, there's For no sure. there's no reason why you can't do that as well. Once you know, I mean, we can once people can be together in the same room, obviously, you know. Definitely, and I'll tell you, the one that got away, as far as being in a band, is um, I was jamming with Greg Fox and Mick Barr before this happened, and we had like two practices, and they were so much fun. It's like playing with aliens. I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are doing in a way. But it's, it was so amazing in a different way. It's just like, they're both just such immense players and they're, the way that they think about music is sort of like, it's like a hardcore kid fucking like, you know, landed on Pluto. Like, it's amazing to me, you know? Um, and of course I understand and I love their bands, but like, I've never tried to play with them, right? So it was so much fun and... Uh, I'm look forward to continuing that when it's possible. You know, like Mick has a health issue or two that made some very COVID conscious, which is cool. You know what I mean? And Greg's doing his thing. So when the time is right, you know, um, and um, I'm like back into like wanting to sing, which is pretty cool. So I added some vocals on my own stuff and now I can do that shit from home. So fuck it. Like I'm, I'm ready, <laughs> you know? So you're using actual hardware because, you know, a lot of times people are, um, you know, like that I know that do electronic projects, they have everything in the box and they just use a MIDI keyboard and they have all this like, you know, software plugins that they use. But you're actually using synthesizers and drum machines. Am I right when I say that? 
Yeah, completely. Like, uh, it's a mix, right? Like, I've started using the computer more as a tool as well. And I think it's stupid kind of like not to. There's some really cool stuff you can do with it, right? Like, um, and it's, and obviously as like a tool for like editing and, and arranging, it's like indispensable. But also like sound design wise and other things, there's some really cool shit you can do. But I, I, I'm just the way that I learned and the way that I also like to kind of do stuff is like, I don't want to like look at too much information when, um, and I look at a computer a lot anyway, right? Like we are looking at this shit. So I like, like, I like to start just me and my drum machine, particularly it's, it's a call it Digitact Electron. That's my favorite piece of gear. It's like, they call it a drum computer, um, but and and sampler, which really is like, this is very flexible drum machine that also lets you sample a ton of stuff into it. And you just have so much latitude uh, with it. It's, it's really an, an amazing piece of gear and it's not too expensive. Also, if anyone's, you know, interested in it. Um, but I, I like to just kind of feel stuff, you know, more so like when you're in a club, you ain't like staring at a computer being like, man, I wonder if this is in the right Hertz range or something like that's more fucking, nerd shit to me like i don't give a fuck about it like i'll talk to chris about it if <laughs> if he thinks you know like there's like a that's like a different role it's like you're a scientist at that point in a way um i, I i'm like concerned about like yo shit this fucking bangs like it's sick you know like if it makes me literally dance like if i'm wiggling in my chair or if i'm like really feeling it then i'm like i'm onto something and i don't think i I don't get the same feeling when I'm just like starting in the computer. Maybe I'm capturing it right away. Um, but there's that. And I usually have a couple other pieces with me. Um, uh, I have a pretty ripping monosynth called the Manther, uh, which is super sick. It's made by Maleko. And uh, I forget, what's the motherfucker's name? Oh, God damn it. Uh, Paul Barker. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, mm -hmm. par it's, he's one of the partners in the company. So Maleko makes some really cool shit. Um, and they make this, they make everything from like Euro rack hardware to like guitar pedals and stuff that are really sick, you know, worth checking out for, you know, someone with your talents, man. Um, but for me, like they made this one box called Manta that actually Ryan from Youth Code put me onto. And it's just like, like that's basically at the, at the moment, like my bass player, it's just like gets the, it gets mean, you know, low, mean. And again, like finding out stuff that can, you could, you know, pull the right things out of, you know? So I like to kind of start with those things mostly and just really build around rhythm. And then the rest sort of comes a little bit later for me. So just uh, to summarize, uh, what's that gear list again? You got the Electron uh, Digitat, yeah. is that it? Yeah, so my, my shit right now is I have an Electron Digitat, I have a Maleko Manther, I have an ASM Hydrosynth, okay. which is a wavetable synthesizer. So um, wavetables are super cool, very 90s, kind of a technology that came around in the 90s that's sort of coming back around again. Um, and then I have this uh, Juno DS. It's an 88 key, like, synth, you know, that, like, ha has, weight, like, weighted keys and everything. And, uh, like, I'm a shit-fucking keyboard player like pure shit but like i'm trying to get a little bit better um but it's been very indispensable for 
just really finding some like chords and like bigger, bigger kind of emotional moments that sometimes I try and get up. That thing is fucking awesome at it. And uh, it's got some really great sounds on it. And it's just nice to make, have the whole spectrum, all 88 keys to play with right in front of you and while you're doing something. It, you know, you could press a button and kind of scroll through different things like that. You know, if you have like a smaller keyboard or, or like the hydrosynth that I have doesn't have a keyboard, it has like pads that are like keys, but it's just something different um, that when you're kind of, in my case, fumbling around more than someone who's really learned, um, it's, it's really useful. So those are probably the four pieces of gear that I use um, the most. And what what are you recording to like you know Pro Tools Logic like what's your platform? I use Logic. Yeah, Logic's sick. Logic's good, especially for um, electronic music. I think. Yeah, I really like it. It's just intuitive, and you know, a lot of people get bogged down in the details of this sort of shit. I think, and I'm like, I made a re- <laughs> I made a record with Alex Newport uh, once, and it was the first primitive primitive weapons seven inch, right? And we recorded it all to tape, which was nuts at the time honestly right it's yeah. like like who's doing that right but we recorded all to tape and alex you know for those listening he's done everything from like at the drive into pop stars and he was in fudge tunnel and you know played a nail bomb right so the dude's a fucking ledge pure legend like in my opinion and so he's like this grumpy you know english dude and uh you know he's like mate everyone's like coming in here make it sound like Radiohead, you know? And, like, we're, like, this weird post-hardcore metal band that, like, doesn't care about any of that. And I had never even sang in a band. And, like, at the end, he gave me, like, this big hug just because he, I think, he thought that I was, like, genuine, you know? Um, And we did it the hard way, like, the super hard way, you know? And that was a very big teaching moment for me as to, like, how hard making music that is really good Um in different eras, like how, how it is, you know, and how sort of grateful we are. But it's like, at the end of the day, if you have something great already, a lot of the other shit just ain't going to fucking matter, man. You know, you, you, you got it. You know what I mean? Like the best hip hop songs ever written were like on a 808 chilling. You know what I mean? Like not too much, like entire genres of music as technology developed. And they didn't have like a million choices, right? Like they had like 30 presets or some shit total, right? So what do you do? You have to make cool shit. It's not about gear, you know? That, that That's just my point of view on it. And like, um, I try not to get bogged down by choice. And so I think with the hardware, it I only have so much room to create with too, you know? And it's like, that's good. I think that it's like a, a good thing. I think people get lost in the box sometimes or they get lost in other stuff that's like, are you like a data scientist or are you like trying to make some fucking shit that moves people's asses? That's that's my thought. Yeah, I'm always interested to hear what people use though. It's just like what their basics are, what their go-to things are. Sure. I mean, you know, it's like I, I have like a bunch of shit and I only use like three or four things really. So it's like... You know, I can relate to that. You you just you might have like an unlimited um, you know, bandwidth of things to fuck around with, but you always go back to your like go to things and then occasionally you expand and do something else and that becomes your new thing and all that kind of shit. So 
totally and like tools are cool right yeah. like tools are awesome like if you have ever fixed things right there's like the main shit you have a hammer screwdriver right that like there's a you know phillips head and flat head like there's a couple of main tools that are like you know a pair of pliers that are like always useful always going to be in the fucking kit that you are tried and true right and then it, every once in a while you're going to need something like you have a particular issue you're going to need something special you know and that's sort of the way that I look at it. It's like, you know what? I mean, I have a concept and I need something special for this. Like, I need the tool, you know, to make that one thing that I can imagine. And that's cool. But, like, I don't want to get bagged down in the tools. Like, I'm not trying to be Lowe's hardware. I'm just, I'm trying to build a beautiful house or a nice room. How do you find uh, living out here in Jersey? So it's kind of a, a uh, cultural change from living in Brooklyn. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the plan for me and, uh, and my girl was to really, you know, she works for the DOE. I own St. Vitus, right. And like, that's what we do. So our lives are very much in New York, but the idea was we have a home here and then we were like, all right, our, our lease was up on our apartment and we were paying too much for it at the time, especially with what we had going on here. So we were like, yo, let's go to the house, you know, do a couple things to it. Like see, see what like kind of flipping the scenario is like being out here a bit more and then going into the city more and just feeling that. And then if we need something in the city, if we feel like it's like too much or whatever, we would uh, maybe, you know, share an apartment with a friend or just get a room, you know what I mean? That like, we can hang out and then go back to, to a spot that's our own, but it's not like a full apartment that we got with the intention of living in it 24 seven. And we did that in January of 2020. Oh man. <laughs> so it was right like, before the onslaught. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, you know, in a Bronx tale where they say now you can't leave. And they like lock the bikers in the bar and they like kick the fucking shit out of them. It's like, it was like now you can't leave <laughs> oh you know like we're, we're we're in here you know but it's a blessing you know uh we're re really fortunate uh, marissa has been working through the whole time and i've been here you know doing what i've been doing to get vitus through this situation with my awesome partners already and george um and making those moves and um you know to have the space in a lot of the outdoors, right? I live close to the beach. I live, you know, close to a lot of wilderness. That's really cool. The cultural shock of it all is I'm from fucking Long Island, man, you know? So Asbury is almost like the Austin of New Jersey or something, right? There's a lot well, of- Well, now, now it is, man. Back in the, when I remember Asbury Park, it was like pretty rough, you know? Well, it was fucked up then, too. I mean, I used to go down and go to hardcore shows, you know, so for sure. But I think that if you this place was really kind of brought back by who queer community, artists, people like that. Right. They're not too different from a lot of other cities and places and stuff. Right. That it always sort of happens that way. The difference is that here the queer community bought a lot of stuff, too. So they're not really getting pushed out as much 
uh, it feels like. But in the surrounding areas, it's definitely like the cultural uh, culture wars of the time are raging, right? Sure. And I grew up on Long Island in a pretty fucked up place that was like, you know, it was very 50-50 Republican Democrat. And of course, that tension wasn't is what, what it is now at the moment, or it's, you know, ebbed and flowed. But, you know, that's like sort of where I'm from. So I'd say that I'm like a little bit close, like we picked the area because there are a lot of like-minded people in this particular area. And like, if you look at, for example, like voting or something, you know, these particular areas, like these couple of towns, Asbury, Neptune, et cetera, they went Democrat by a good a margin. And it's a little bit different. Like I didn't move here. I moved here knowing that and knowing what was also right next door. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't interact with a lot of people either. So I don't feel it all that much as well. You know, um, it's a weird fucking time, you know? everything's on the internet it feels like so it's definitely strange it i'm very lucky that there's been a couple of there's been some people that we knew here before we were here and we have our little like pod and it's it's chill and uh there's some really great friends here and that's amazing and uh it definitely helped not to feel so so alone you know um but do i miss the city do i miss brooklyn do i miss the large chunks of my life yeah absolutely and it also feels like i never really got going over here anyway <laughs> in, a, in a weird way you know it's been a little bit of a purgatory but not in a it's not horrible my situation's fine you know like in fact it's it's fortunate as fuck it's just like sort of what happened you know so it's, it's a weird one yeah definitely man it's like i um it, it would be easier if we weren't in a pandemic to, to live out, out here. I think just, um, you know, being able to, you know, do things in the city, you know, like I, when I, when I moved out to Jersey, I was like fully, uh, intending on spending a lot of time, like around Brooklyn and New York, you know, in the city and all that kind of stuff. And there's just, a, there's no reason to go back in there right now to do anything. So it's like that, you know, being absent from my life has changed things quite a bit for me. It made things a lot more insular. And, uh, you know, as far as like band practice goes, like everyone's out here and we have our, our space, you know, out near the shore and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's all set, but like socially it's been kind of weird. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, my parents live on Long Island, like, and I haven't seen them in ages, but they're just started getting their shots. So yeah. that's fucking rad. And my parents are old. You know, like they're, uh, I'm 37, but my dad's 80, you know, I'm the youngest. So to give you a, like an idea. So it, it's been harrowing, you know, in that regard. And like, it's not just my friends and my, you know, a lot of my best friends live Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island. Like I didn't try and move away, away, you know, didn't go to fucking California or some shit. I was like, okay, cool. This is a life move that gives me access to all this stuff too, right? And the idea that, you know, potentially just having a place in the city that was cheaper, you know, and would make things work for me in a different way and, and you know, my family and stuff. So that part of it is is the roughest, you know, is 
not being able to see uh, you know i've met my best friend's youngest daughter once you know what i mean um not being able to see my parents throughout an entire holiday season when they are as old as they are you know um likewise on the other side of my family with my in-laws you know and they're very compromised you know so with the numbers soaring around you know october it's like i would come in from time to time just to check on even just walk into st vitus just it's good to know that it's still there it's almost like everything becomes an avatar you're like what's real (laughs) so um it was good to do that and also to you know checking on a couple of friends be outside that was that was cool to me. Like I, I was willing, I was willing to do that sort of stuff. But when, you know, everything starts raging again, it's like you have to be. Everyone has to be smart and to take care of themselves and be healthy and go back towards, uh, like you said, that more insular living. And that was, you know, that's always difficult, man. You know, so not to mention that like our kind of lifestyles are like erased by this fucking thing, you know. Like, when's the last time you didn't go to a show for a fucking year? Oh, dude, never. I think, uh, you know, like, before I started going to shows was the my, last time I... My brain I... wasn't even fully developed, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I you know... I don't even know. So, it's uh, it's very strange, but it's also made me learn a lot about myself and I think what I can be capable of, which is nice. and uh, And that's cool, but, like, like you were saying like the bigger for like playing a show and stuff even when you accomplish things in a way um why do you do it you know what i mean who do you share it with what's what's the vibe you know what i mean it's like a lot of that's really important and obviously you know i'm i have folks to do that with but not like in real time and that's really hard you know i had many people have like you know momentous birthdays and my brother didn't get married yet because of this shit like you know the list goes on and we all have that you know and i'm super lucky that no one's fucking died man in 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 like in my immediate 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 vicinity in the wider vicinity of course devastating losses like across the board you know it's been fucked up you just it's like uh i was once at a talk that with damien eccles and he was talking about how like race car drivers say never look at the wall because then you'll crash i feel like we everyone's been trying to not look at the wall a, a, a bit right and um you know i think we'll be all be processing this for a very long time afterwards Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely uh, what we're going to be doing. And also, you know, the changes, just like, uh, you know, the deep changes that have happened to everyone are going to become more apparent as the years go by and the way the changes in lifestyle, the changes of philosophy and point of view and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be long lasting, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're still, you know, I think that there's a light now and that's great, but let's, be more um you have to just listen and be a bit more judicious about all of that right it's like shows aren't aren't coming back like tomorrow i don't give a fuck you know like it's just not what's happening and also you have to remember what a show actually is right i know you haven't 
been to one or felt it before, but especially a hardcore show or a punk show or something like that, right? You, you know, do you want it to not quite be the same experience as well, right? Um, it changes things. So we'll see what's available to us and how those choices sort of play out, you know? Um, but would I love to get people back to work and for art to be happening? 150%. I'd do whatever it took, right? That would make sense in terms of people's health and the financial health of, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here, right? So it's, uh, we're not out of the woods yet. There's not a lot of guidance, you know, and there's a lot of work to be done, but there's reason for optimism now for the first time in a year. Yeah, well, in four years, really, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, especially yeah, over the last year, for sure. Um, definitely, As, just in, in regards to COVID nineteen. Now, the yeah, rest of yeah, the, the rest shit of the stuff is a we're still fucked. Circus. <laughs> yeah, we still got a lot yeah. of problems with respect to uh, you know the the huge split in the country. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know what? It's like the same thing that we we're talking about individually, right? Is like everyone had to stop, and now the whole country had to look at itself in the mirror and be like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, you know, killer cops everywhere, capitalism going through the fucking roof and like billionaires making, I don't know how many more millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars throughout all of this. You know what I mean? The wealth inequality, which leads to more racist sort of uh, behavior as far as the systemic parts of it, you know, um and the you know self-perpetuation of all this stuff while we're going through you know people are are hurting in an unprecedented way and it's like look like we need to sort of think about what we're what we're doing here as a country as a people and people could pause to think about that for a moment and everything was on full display nothing else happening right and I think that the reckoning, the falling out of that is still sort of happening. And uh, I look forward to it, honestly. I feel like, you know, we, we need to clean up our act. There's so much stuff. And, you know, even right now, man, you know, with like Greg Abbott just opening up Texas. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? What the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like, if you think like, you know... Um, Cuomo over here wagging the dog with his sort of like, uh, you know, hey, all these things can sort of be open, which is like, fine, you know, um, we want things to be on a path to reopening and stuff. But, you know, when I get asked about this shit, you know, like I'm some sort of expert, I'm not. But what I do know about dealing with anything in the city of New York is just that, you know, there's a lot of rules, right? So you could say something and show a slide at a press conference, but what it really means and dealing with that is two different fucking worlds. You know what I mean? So again, what I was saying before, like not jumping to conclusions and just really digging into the information presented and seeing if it's a, a, a tangible thing, a good thing, and something that makes sense for the business and the clientele. And then when you go towards something like, you know, and and that's like, you know, my little corner of the universe. And you, you, we don't, you know, have schools open yet. You know what I mean? Like, 
the societal priority of this stuff is definitely out of whack, I, I think. But it's because why? There's been no real aid doled out yet, too. So every, all these small businesses are on the ropes, you know? You have to, like, kind of look into that, you know? And we're, we're kind of in, you know, for the first time, like, venues are in, like, this very politicized sort of situation. Just the actual health of them and what music means to people and all that. And then you have people in Texas who are just like, woo, let's just throw it off. And what does that mean? People are going to fucking die, man. It's not the time. Yeah, well, That's what it, I mean, Texas has demonstrated stuff as, I mean, just the way that they handled, you know, the, the horrible weather they had and the power issues and the lack of infrastructure. And, and now this complete disregard for logic, you know, it's, it's just, I, I, it just really says a lot about that conservative mentality, you know? Yeah. And then it's just like, it's a problem if it happens to you, you know? And then like, it's just difficult, right? It's you're putting people, you're pitting their livelihoods and what they know as survival versus their health. Right. Yeah. And for some people they're like, this is, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance and disinformation and stuff like that. But when you do stuff like that too, you're creating a clusterfuck already. Like that particular situation is there, you know, where it's like, it's really bad, you know, um, that situation did not need to be created. There's plenty of wealth to make that go away or be better where people wouldn't have to make that decision. Now if they want to believe what they want to believe and, other things of that nature too again that's a lot of disinformation a lot of you know things of that nature but it, it, it it's like talk about exacerbating that or people willfully maybe believing certain things because they're put in a very hard position you know i try and empathize with people best as i can not just you know, be like oh they're all fucking idiots and jerks and stuff like that it's hard to you know uh necessarily feel that when you know um you sort of gone through it a little bit too you know but like i uh, i don't know you know uh, it's it's just it exacerbates i think a lot a lot of um bad thinking and, and and like worse actions and that that really sucks you know and it's it's hard for people yeah, you know, people just want to believe the narrative. They want to they want to fit whatever narrative is to their their desires. You know, they want to believe certain things because it fits this, you know, ideology that they have or that or this um this comfort level that they want to uh, maintain. And I think that that's, you know, what happens. It's like this this bias against the truth. You know, and and because it goes against what your belief system is, and that's unfortunately. In this country right now, there's all, all these big psyops going on. You know, I remember reading about psyops back in the 90s, you know, and I was like deep into like feral house books and everything. And now it's like, it's just all by the numbers, like mind control bullshit that's going on. Like different groups of individuals trying to, you know, just just put themselves in this position of power. Yeah, it's, it's really fucking wild, you know, and with the way, you know, media is and the state of journalism and. A lot of different things, man. You know, it's it's not. It's you know, I feel like a lot of it is it, a lot is by design, you know, and like there's a lot of people, you know, clamoring for power, and where you know, all I know is that 
99% of people are caught in the middle, you know, or 95% of people are caught in the middle of that, those sort of interactions. And that's really tough, you know, um, to, to deal with. And especially now, you know, it's like you, you've seen the way that uh, this level of crisis that has killed half a fucking billion people, how it's been handled in this country. Like, dude, and who is it killed more disproportionately? And like go into the numbers, you know, Are they they're poor, they're darker skinned, they're, you know what I mean? Like all of the same warts are coming out like kind of over and over again, you know. So um, I think as far as all of these things, uh, pandemic might end, but the reckoning, the 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 things that people have seen, I hopefully will stick with them and maybe lead to you know, new ideas, new change, creative thoughts on, on, on moving this thing forward, you know, uh, this project of the United States. Yeah, man, I hope so. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks a lot, man. You've been very generous with your time and, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And, uh, before we sign no off, before we sign off, uh, is there anything we should be knowing it? You should know about like, where can we check out your, uh, your confines, any St. Vitus related stuff you want to share with everybody? Yeah, sure, man. Um, so uh, regarding confines, you can find me at Confines World. Um, that's Confines World is um, on Instagram, and that's mainly what I'm on is on Instagram, and then on Bandcamp, Confines World at Bandcamp, um, and then you know St. Vitus. You know we got a bunch of new merch coming out in April, and a couple of new things you know dropping in March. So look out for that at St. Vitus Bar on like every platform, even TikTok, woo! Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and so um, the last thing is uh, Factor Music, which is F-A-K-T-O-R. So check out Factor. It's, um, you know, on Bandcamp. Um, and we have some great releases by, we have singles by myself, Confines, Anunziata, who's who AJ's, uh, project another single there autonomy who's fucking amazing and same thing with byproduct who's amazing so check out factor music if you're into like industrial and techno and kind of the darker shades of uh dance music dance floor music you might like what you find so um mike thanks for having me man hell it's yeah man. Cool. it's great talking to you definitely brother talk to you soon homie you got it